Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson, and we are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Cody Childers at our storytelling events in October at the Sunflower Theater in Cortez and the Durango Arts Center, when the theme was Spooked. Charles Cody Childers is a teacher, artist, and activist living in Dolores, Colorado. Originally from West Virginia, he graduated from Marshall University with a degree in English literature and is currently working on his master's in education for culturally and linguistically diverse students. With dreams of one day working in education policy and leadership, Cody currently enjoys teaching poetry to his students in Cortez, camping in the desert and the Rocky Mountains, playing the drums, and crafting video games with his newly acquired computer language skills. Here is Cody's story. I love a good monster story. Ever since I was little, for some reason, I've always been attracted to the dark and the obscure in this world. I can remember being in like the fourth grade and carrying around this old, worn-out copy of Dracula that I got at the public library. Its uh, title was like all scratched up, the black covering was starting to peel off, and I carried this thing around with me everywhere. Now let's be honest, I had absolutely no idea what was going on in half of the book, especially not with Jonathan and the vampire women. I still don't think I understand what's going on in that part of the book, But I was obsessed with these themes, this questioning of one's sanity when presented with the supernatural, or the way that the setting can really start to prey upon someone's mind, or how you have this this creature that is so otherworldly, but at the same time, is still somehow uncannily human. These were the things that fueled my early creative writing as a kid. I'd spend hours writing horror stories. Now, my favorite monster story, though, comes from my hilly home of West Virginia. I don't know if any of y'all have ever been through West Virginia late at night on a misty night, but there is a reason why we are home to some pretty good spooky stories. (laughs) The entire fetid atmosphere just kind of has like this oppressive quality to it, and we've got these old oaks and maples that you can barely see the shadows in between. We've got old coal towns, which ghosts still linger in, and we have abandoned mines that go on for miles underground. It's a good spot if you want to get spooked. But my, so we've got a couple of different famous ones, right? We have uh, what is known as the Flatwoods Monster. We've got the Smiling Man Cryptid. We have films set in our home, such as Silent Hill or Wrong Turn, not my personal favorite. But my favorite monster story is the Mothman. Now, I don't know if you all know about the Mothman. It sounds like a ridiculous concept on the surface. Is it a man? Is it a moth? No, it's the Mothman! (laughs) But this thing used to terrify me as a child. For those who are not familiar, what it is is it's this amalgamation of man and moth. It's got the torso and legs of a man with these giant sharp claws and bangs, this moth-like head, and the most key feature is its red, piercing eyes. It was known as a harbinger of doom because it was spotted on top of the Silver Bridge when it collapsed in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and led to the death of 46 people. 
It was also known for chasing hapless tourists up and down the back roads, flying after them, trying to get them outside of their, their haunts. So, it's got a good little bit of a backstory to it. Now, let's be honest. I don't believe in the Mothman. I am a rational young human being. I do not believe in these kinds of monster stories. I just like them a lot. And when you're 20 years old and you're bored in small-town America, you've got to find ways to fill the hours. So, me and my buddies, we were in a band together, a punk rock band, and we decided we were going to do a little band initiation one Saturday night. We're going to go find the Mothman <laughs> and play a little music in the woods and maybe put a scar on our arm that I might still have to this day. You know, those regular passages of adolescent youth. And so, we drive the hour it takes to get to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. By the way, Point Pleasant is a spooky place. It's got this kind of like Twin Peaks or Stranger Things vibe to the town. It just seems to attract all of these weird things to it, like a moth to the flame. <laughs> I have to use that one. I forgot to do it last night. I have to use it tonight. But seriously, in the 70s, uh, it was known for UFO sightings, and men in black were showing up in the town asking people reports about the lights that they saw. Uh, in the 1700s, a, uh, a Shawnee chief, uh, Chief Cornstock, at least that's the anglicized name that was given to him, um, he was murdered at Fort Randolph, I believe, and had put a curse upon the town saying that nothing there would ever grow, nothing would ever develop. And then there's been tons of catastrophes, like, uh, like I said, the Silver Bridge collapse or the Willow Island disaster, which led to the death of 51 workers when a uh, cooling tower fell in upon them. So it's got this perfect sinister vibe and shared trauma necessary for a good ghost story. Let's also be honest, it's got one other good reason for being a good hotbed of paranormal activity. The town is poor. Just like that bed and breakfast you've been to that is more cozy than creepy. You know the one I'm talking about. This town has built its industry upon these sightings. The only other industry it had going for it was the Point Pleasant uh, power plant. So, the town is kind of weird, and when we drive into it, there is literally a statue of Mothman in the center of the town, <laughs> because that's their claim to fame. So, we go and mean mug Mothman's statue, being like, come on, you ain't nothing, we got this. And then we drive outside of town into the Clifton F. McClintic Wildlife Management Area. At least that's the official name. The uh, locals call it the TNT area because it's one of these old wartime industrial lands that is home to hundreds of bunkers, these concrete structures, and they're just like still have explosives in them, by the way, just in case the Ruskies ever come back. So we go out. It's like the stereotypical West Virginian backdrop. There is dirt roads and barbed wire fences on both sides. There is this arch of trees so you can't see the moon, you can't see the stars. We pull our car off to the side of the road and give ourselves a nice stretch, get a couple cigarettes and head down the deer trail. And it's the perfect night. It's clear skies. There's this beautiful quarter moon reflecting off the ponds where you can hear little frogs croaking inside of them. There are cicadas and crickets in the grass, and they're just chirping, and it's, you know, it's, it's that spooky kind of beautiful. And the grass is coming up to my hips. And so we're trudging through this deer trail, and I just remember thinking as this grass is swaying up against my sides, Lyme disease. 
<laughs> Sorry, Mothman. <laughs> you might be spooky, but I'm more worried about the ticks crawling up my leg than you right about this moment. <laughs> and it's only about a quarter mile walk, and then we get to this, uh, this igloo, dog igloo looking thing, and you can't really see the concrete because it's just covered over with dirt and brush and vines, and it's got that kind of overarching front and the big circular hump on the back. And with that look of adolescent explorers about to embark on danger, give each other a nod and we go in. And it's not a very big structure, but it's just big enough that my flashlight doesn't quite reach to the back of it. And looking around the walls, we have graffiti on the walls and beer bottles and uh, litter food packets everywhere. And we're walking along, and then my buddy Travis stops me, and he goes, Cody, look. And I say to him, <laughs> good one, man. You know that nervous chuckle? And then he's like, no, look. And I follow his train of thought, his flashlight, and I see these, what looks like kind of like two red eyes in the back. And I have this little groan of terror escape my throat and my feet start to move involuntarily forward. And my flashlight's just on the back of this wall, and as my flashlight gets a little closer, the eyes get a little brighter. And then I get a little more close and get a little bit brighter. And then a little bit brighter. And then my flashlight is on the back of this wall, and seven feet tall, dark shape with red piercing eyes comes out of the darkness. And it's supposed to be a picture of the Mothman. It is this nice graffitied shape on the back of the wall <laughs> that someone, quite clever and evil, has decided to use reflective red paint for the eyes. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, Cody, for sharing your story with us. We are scheduling our 2020 events and themes soon, so be sure to check out the events page in January and make plans to be there. And consider telling your story. To pitch your story for future Raven Narratives, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. Subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And share these stories with your friends. If a particular story made you laugh, cry, or look at your world with a little bit more clarity, please leave a comment and let us know. Thanks to photographer Jody Jarling of Wild Blue Bug Photography, who took the onstage portraits of our storytellers for the spooked events. Find out more about Jody's photography services on her website at wildbluebug.com. And thanks to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about all the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Find out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. Our theme music was written and composed by Mo Cooley and performed by Mo and the Motones. Find out more about their music on the Motones Facebook page. That's M-O-E Tones on Facebook.